Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Luke chapter 15. Put a bookmark there and go to John. John chapter 9. If you're new with us this morning or you're listening to the message on the podcast, we always uh, go to the scripture that I'm using. We don't put that scripture on the screen because I want you to go to your Bibles. I want you to get into the habit of seeing this. If you don't have a Bible, we even have Bibles that we can give you if you need a Bible. You can go to the information table. There's some on the back rack back there. We give you a table uh, or give you a Bible at the table. So need a Bible, need a Bible, need to get in the Word. Uh, I've been teaching on Wednesday nights about the end times and what Jesus said is going to happen in the last days. And one of the things that he really warned us about is being deceived, being tricked, being led astray. And uh, we really uh, do that. It happens when we're not really students of the word. So I've got to get into the word today. A little bit of old school this morning because it kind of, I'm talking about salvation. We've been in a series called The Paradoxes of God. These are the teachings of Christ where he taught us how to live as Christians. And sometimes it seems to go against what the culture says. In other words, he said the way up is the way down. In order to live, we must die. And last week, Pastor Steve, I heard, did an awesome job about being strengthened even though we're shaken. And so today I want to talk about the paradoxes of salvation. This is is really going to be important for us here. Probably one of the most important messages I've ever preached because it talks about salvation, how to become saved. What does it mean to be saved? We're going to talk about that here today. Uh, It's going to be a little heavy, but it's going to get right to the point. How many is going to stay with me? Okay, this is going to change your life today. You get into this word, okay? So this is the paradoxes of salvation. Jesus is talking in John chapter 9 and verse 39. He says... For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. That's a paradox. Say that again. I came into the world as judge, and I'm going to judge those that are blind. I came to make them see. Those that can see, I want to make them blind. Watch this. Verse 40. Then some of the Pharisees, these are religious leaders, they heard him say these words, and they were offended, of course, and they said, are we blind also? Jesus is doing one of those things where he's talking to them, but not really looking at them. He's talking to these people, hoping they will hear it. He did one of them, and they heard it. And they're saying, are you talking to me, Jesus? Are you saying we're blind? And I love Jesus. He never backed down from a fight. Verse 40, he, 41, he goes, uh, yeah. He said, if you were blind, in other, words, in other words, if you would admit that you're blind, watch this, you would have no sin. But now since you say, we see, I'm good, therefore your sin remains. Help me, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word, oh God. I pray your blessing. Give us ears to hear what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen. You grab a seat. Go ahead, sit down. The paradoxes of salvation. Given salvation is the greatest gift that God has ever given us. It's the greatest gift that he's ever given humanity. And that's what we were singing about it a minute ago. And when I think about how God has saved me, it just totally changed my life. I've given pieces of my testimony over the years. I do that a lot. 
uh, because the Bible says in Revelations that my greatest weapon is the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. One of the ways you're going to be able to, I feel the Holy Spirit, one of the ways you're going to be able to overcome the culture, overcome sin, overcome the world, the Bible says there's two things that you need to be an overcomer. Two things you need to be a winner. One is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's something you can't do on your own. It's Jesus' blood. Believe in that he died for your sins and his blood washes away your sins. That's number one. But the second thing he said in Revelations that will help you overcome is the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Come on, somebody. Everybody has to have a testimony. What's a testimony? A testimony is how you were before you met Christ. How you met Christ and then how you are now since you met Christ. Don't tell me how long you've been in church, what religion you are, how many Bibles you have, how many Christian songs you got downloaded. Well, like one Christian rapper says, many, many of you know Carrie Job, but don't know the God that carried Job. I don't know about that rap. That's a really good lyric. Many of you know and heard of Carrie Job. Jesus, what a wonderful name, all that. But you don't know the God that carried Job. What's he saying? Same thing what Jesus came to say. He talked about saying, I came to get those that are blind so they can see. And those that say they can see, I come to show them they're really blind. So I want you to write this down. The first paradox that he gives us here is we first must be made blind before we can see. We must first become blind before we can, we can see. I've never really given my whole testimony. I might have to do that one day. But God has radically changed my life when I became a Christian. He's just totally changed the way I think, the way I see, everything about me, not only the addictions and the being, being able to live the Christian life. I mean, it's just the way I think. If you knew me before I was a Christian, you would say I'm a totally different person. But I want you to know that it's not just for Pastor Eddie or for pastors. All of us need to have that kind of a testimony. Now, for some, it takes a little bit longer for that to really... Uh, um, uh, manifest in our lives, but we still should feel and, and see some kind of change in our life. Because if you have a faith that is not changing you, then you do not have saving faith. I'm just going to say it. I don't have all day, so i got to get right to the point. If, and Jesus said, if you follow after me, I will make you fishers of men. And those that deny himself, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. That's what Jesus said. So in the process of doing that, we should be changing. Some changing should be happening in our lives. I mean, know what I'm saying? It needs to be something. That's true salvation. Why am I saying it like this? And why is this so strong? Because this is the hardest part about salvation. Is that the first part that Jesus said, I come to get those that are blind, they can see. That's easy. That's those who know they're living in darkness. Those are easy to get converted to Christianity. Those were sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors that Jesus hung around with. Those are people, many of us came to the Lord when we were like that condition. You were blind and you knew you were blind. You, you knew you were, you were needing Jesus. And someone came along and said, hey, Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. Um, he can give you hope. And you believed it. 
And when you believed it, your eyes were open and you were saved. Those are easy. Many of us in these seats today have had that experience. Many listening to this message on our podcast have had that happen. However, the second part of that teaching is where it really is difficult. He said, I also came that those that are saying they can see, I come to show them that they're really blind. And he was talking to the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, and they heard him talking. And they were like, you talking about me? He goes, yeah, yeah. And it's so hard to get people today who, it's hard to get us to admit anything, let alone that we, we need Jesus and we really ain't saved. Because we, we don't like to admit that they're really, we're really that bad. We, we don't really like to do that. So that's why Jesus said prostitutes and, and tax collectors will enter into heaven before you will. Because they had a very hard time. They thought they can see. And he told them in Matthew, he said, he said, the religious leaders are like the blind guides, listen, who are leading the blind. And what did he say about that? The blind leading the blind, then the, both of them will what? Fall in the ditch. He said, if the blind, he said, these are blind guides. He's talking to his, fair, to his disciples, and he said, these religious leaders that you see on TV all the time, I'm not down in all these Christian televisions, but he says, a lot of these guys are blind guides. And I don't want to make fun of a blind person at all, but a blind person will tell you if they're blind, they don't want to be driving your car. They will tell you that. And, and, and yet we, uh, many times in our country, as long as they're on TV or they have a collar or even a Bible, we say, oh, they must be a leader. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 don't, don't do that because they're actually leading you astray. I want, I want to challenge your thinking this morning. Because I want to get to Luke 15. We're going to get really saved. and Because we should have been worshiping a little bit more better at that 1130 when we, when we really recognized that we were blind. Sometimes I, I wouldn't worship as long as I thought I was okay. But when I really realized that I was lost and, and that really began to sink in, as I said, my worship began to become that kind of an expression. Everybody hear me today? When I used to get high and party, no one used to have to talk me into it. I was already there. Same way we should never be talked into worshiping God. We should never be having the bargain. Come on, come on. It should be automatic. I'm trying. So the question is, why isn't that happening to me, Pastor Eddie? How, how do I get that to happen? Number one, we got to be made blind in order we can see. There are, on television, there's... We see it all the time. There are entertainers. There are talk show hosts. And, and we love entertainers. They make us feel good. They can sing songs. And we, we love these different personalities. Oh, she's so funny. He's so funny. And that's okay to be entertained by them. But then you see it all the time on television. They'll ask them a question about God. What do you think about this? And all of a sudden, they'll say, well, this is what I think about God. This is what I think about the Bible. This is what I think. And they seem so spiritual. And millions of us will listen and watch that and begin to go, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Jesus said, hey, if they're not talking about how to have a heart for God, if they're not talking about surrendering your whole heart, then they're blind guides. I don't care how good they can sing. I don't care how top they are on the charts and how many CDs they drop and how funny they are. Listen, we love entertainers. But just because they give you goosebumps don't mean that it's the anointing of God that can break the chains off of your life. That's what he said. That's what he said. So he said millions, millions of people in the last days will follow these blind guides. Because I'm getting to somewhere really good in a minute. But first got to get us to see we're blind and we need it. 
There's a guy named Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He was a Pharisee, and he came to Jesus, and he was a religious leader. And the Bible says he would come to Jesus at night because he was fearful that people would see that he's going to church and making fun of him. And so he didn't want to be laughed at. So he sneakily came to Jesus at night, Nicodemus at night, Nick at night. <laughs> and there was this religious leader came, and I love what he said. He said, Jesus, he said, people think I'm a religious leader and I have all the answers and I'm supposed to be this teacher and but I'm going to be honest with you Jesus I, I really don't know I really don't know the truth when you talk it's not like the same thing I was taught and and I, and I don't know I don't understand it but I'm not really happy where I am I'm really not happy doing the things I'm doing I, I don't know what's going on what was he doing he was starting to realize that he was religious bound with religious pride and that he was really blind and I love it the more he admitted that he was blind Hear me, the more he clearly he began to see. Did you hear that? I'm trying to help us today. Jesus never came to start a religion. He never came to start an organization. He came to show us how to have a relationship with the Father. He would always use nature to try to connect the dots between our reality and the supernatural reality. He would say the Holy Spirit is like the wind. He would talk about a baby being birthed. He would talk about all these different things, trying to use nature to try to connect us with the teaching that we must be born again. We must have our eyes open because we're really blind. And I love it because Nicodemus, at the end of the book of John, when Jesus was crucified... The Bible says uh, after he had died, uh, Joseph from Arimathea was his name. He was a rich man. He came and he, he had a tomb and they put Jesus in the tomb. But if you read it, I didn't put it on the screen today, but if you can go back and read it, there's another man that's hanging around this guy and his name is Nicodemus. You see, Nicodemus, he had his eyes opened. And he was able to last and be with Jesus even after he died. Let me tell you something. The only way you're really going to make it through this world and really overcome the world and really last and really say, I'm not going back no matter what. And that's it. If you really have your eyes opened. And Jesus said these Pharisees just focus on the outside. They focus on how you look, how you dress, what religious you, uh, that you identify yourself with. And Jesus said they had nothing to do with the heart. Nothing to do. God is looking for the heart today. Well, I'm glad I came to church today. I said, I'm glad. Go over to Luke. Go over to Luke. That was just my introduction. Go over to Luke with me. Luke chapter 15, he tells three stories here. I'm just going to tell you the one, verse 11. I know we're in a church. I know where most of us, if not everybody, is saved. But I've learned to realize that just because you're in a church don't mean you're saved. I mean, I'm just being real. There may be someone listening to the podcast or whatever. I have to do these messages. I want us to get a really good understanding of a salvation. Uh, well, you need to do this today. Jesus told three parables in, in chapter 15, verse 1. He says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners, they drew near to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes. That's the church. The church is there. Watch this. So Jesus, this man, and they said, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. So he spoke this parable to who? Them. Everybody. He said he's, he's preaching to the church. He's preaching to everybody. And he tells these three parables. The first one is about a shepherd leaves the, nine, the hundred, leaves the 99 and finds the one. 
that represents someone that was in church and backslides and goes back out to the world, we're supposed to go after them and help them get back into the fold. The second parable is the mother in the church who had 10 coins. They were valuable. Listen to me this morning. They had 10 coins. They were valuable. She lost one of them in the house. That means you can be in the house and still be lost. And because she cared so much about the coin, she lit a lamp. That's the Holy Spirit. And she searched diligently in that house because she needs that coin back. As I preach this word, I pray the Holy Spirit lights up your heart and begins to help us examine ourselves today and to say, where are we? Come on, help me today. Help me today. Help me. That's what he's doing. Then he moves over to what I wanted to talk about today because you can find the answer to truly being saved in the greatest paradox ever. This is what happened to me in Luke 15, verse 11. This is actually my story. This is, I'm a prodigal son. So I'd love to share this. I haven't done this in a while. One time I'm just going to have to really share all of it, but I'm just going to go. A certain man, this is why I believe it's no longer a parable. He would always say a parable is like, he would say, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like a field, the kingdom of God is like a seed, a sower. Here he says, there was a man. So it's a story of, that really happened. Far too much happens a lot in our day and age. Many of you are here. He says, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, wanted to get as far as he can from mom and dad, far as he can from all of the rules, far as he can from the church life, far as he can from all of the stuff that's going on at home. You see that? He went to a far land, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. The word prodigal means wasteful. So he said, Dad, you owe me money, and I'm not going to wait around for you to die. Give me what's mine. I've had it with this. I'm out. Dad said, okay. He divided his goods. The son took it and ran. He went to a far country. Verse 14, but when he had spent all, somebody say all, There arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. How many know seasons change? The Bible says there is fun in sin for a season. That's what it says. Don't act like sin wasn't fun. It was fun. If you weren't having fun sinning, you weren't doing it right. I'm just being real. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin. And in that scripture, that's Hebrews 11, by the way. The Bible says that Moses chose not to indulge in the pleasure of sin for a season, but he endured rather choosing the affliction that comes with serving God. Therefore, God has lifted him up and blessed him with all these earthly blessings. We want a testimony without a test. It's not going to happen. But the sin comes to an end. The season changes. Our season's trying its best to change. Michigan is demon-possessed. I don't know. Michigan does not want to change. And you may be in a season right now, and you're waiting for it to change. Don't lose heart. 
The season will change. It will change. It will happen if you faint not. Don't grow weary in well-doing for you shall reap if you faint not. It's going to change. Your blessing's going to come. If you're obeying and you're living for God, He's going to bless you. He's going to heal you. He's gonna, it's going to happen. Wait for it. Well, I'm going to talk about that next week, man. It's going to be really good next week. You don't want to come. You're here now. Oh, well. We're in it. But I'm going to help you. This is so powerful. And this is where most of Americans are, is in verse 15. Some of you might be here. Watch this. Then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of what? That country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. I want you to see something. Everybody skips over this verse and goes right to the rest of it. But no, this is where most of the people are. Even in the church. This is where many people are in the country. You see, he's no longer partying no more. He's no longer living uh, in the flesh and going and, and, and getting turned up every night and partying. He's no longer going to wasting all of his money at the casino. He's no longer doing that. He's working a job. He's got maybe a family on the way that he's getting lined up. We call that he's finally matured and he's grown up. I've had people tell me that, Eddie, you used to run around, but, you know, you grew up. That's what you did. Yeah, we do need to grow up. There is a maturing that does happen to all of us. Psychologist says that a male does not truly uh, have the frontal lobe developed until the age of 25. So all the men under 25, that's why you act like a fool. I mean, I don't know. Those of you over 25 and you still acting that way, well, hallelujah, there's Jesus. That's what they say. Uh, the scripture says, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I talked like a child, walked like a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. Some of us don't need to be delivered and have all of this on us. You just need to grow up. This pastor is on fire. I'm not going to give him a week. That's what you get for giving me a week off. That's what I told him this morning. He says, I want you to see something. Yeah, I grew up. I did mature. But make no mistake about it, he still is not in his father's house. Let me say it over here. He still is not in his father's house. He is still in a far country. He is still in a pig pen. We think the pig pen is when you're on meth and you're losing your teeth and you're shooting up and you're living on the street. You can be having so much money in your 401k, making over a hundred grand, having a Maserati in every car in the garage, and still be living in a pig pen. Ooh, I feel getting colder as I start. You gotta see this. Because we mistake maturing for salvation. Some of us even grow up and start going to church. Good. But there's three things that's got to happen. This is why Jesus gave us this story. By the way, this story of the particle son is called the best story ever told in all of literature. Doesn't surprise me because it's told by the greatest storyteller. There's three things that he did. The first one is he realized he was in the pig pen. Everybody, please listen. Everyone has to have verse 17 happen to you. I don't care if you're a pope. I don't care if you're a preacher. I don't care if you're an atheist and you disagree with everything I've done said. I want you to know God still loves you. He has a plan for your life. And God will not go away just because you don't believe in him. 
One time early in the morning, I was waking up, and I wasn't serving the Lord. I'll never forget it. My radio went off to get me up, and I hated that sound. You know what I'm talking about? So I put the radio on. thought that would be better. Now I hate the radio. Anyway, I never put it on a Christian station. Oh, no. Somehow it was on a Christian station. Early in the morning, I'm laying there in my bed. Already God's working on me about getting saved, coming to church. I'm 25 years old. I was young. And I heard this voice say, God will not go away just because you don't believe in him. I'm laying in bed. And I said, Ugh. I got up all day. See, God has a way of just, that's him. You know what that was? That was God showing how much he loved me. That's why you can run into people in the craziest times. About out there at the store, about to get all turned up. And all of a sudden, I come walking in the store. It's amazing how fast you'll get delivered. Be at the house about to kill your wife, and all of a sudden I walk. Woo, pastor's here. What? I'm just kidding. I got to lighten up a little bit because this is deep. Verse 17 has got to happen to every man, woman, boy, and child. And when he came to himself, when he came to himself, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you all three in a minute, but write it down. You got to realize. That's a change of perspective. He realized he was actually living in a pig pen. Jesus said, woe to the man who's got everything on earth, but not nothing with his spirit. But is poor in spirit, has nothing in heaven. He realized, everybody has, people have tried bringing their sons to me. And when I first got saved, they were like trying to, here, hang around my son. He's a, he's a dope addict and I know God saved you and, and hear this. And I get that. Please hang around people that are on fire because you can catch the fire. But there's something about this that is not, but in some of them it didn't work. And they're going, why? And it ain't me. Because they have got to do this themselves. They've got to have a verse 17. They've got to have a moment where they say, aha, I realize I'm in a pig pen. The last time I was at a club, I had this. I remember. Everybody was all doing it, you know, and I was there. And, and I remember just having this, like, same old song. Ooh, this is my jam. i got to get out there. And, and it's same old <laughs> Same old drink and, and same old fighting and same old drama. We leave this club, we go to this club, and it's the same old thing. People say, why do you go to the church, sing the same songs, and read out the same Bible? What are you talking? You are the biggest hypocrite. You do the same thing every weekend, the same song, same drink, same this, same that. Perspective. And God began to show me that, man, this is just a pig pen, Eddie. That's what he did. He realized he was in a pig pen. Church kids. God has no grandchildren. It's because you was raised in church, like the parable of the coin. You can be lost in church. You can underline. When I was 13 years old, I took, someone gave me a Bible because I memorized Psalms 91. So they gave me a Bible. And I took every top of it. I put the thumbtacks in it so that when you'd open Matthew, you'd open Mark. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You probably got it in your Bible. Really cool. Well, I would highlight a verse on every page that you did that to. And I remember one of my role ranger commanders, Keith Four, he grabbed it and he said, do you read this, Eddie? He was like a dad to me, so he, he could speak like this to me. He said, do you, read, do you even read that, Eddie? You come to church all the time. Are you reading it? I thank God for people like that. We get all offended. You quit getting so offended. Jesus said, blessed is he who's not offended in me. If, please don't get offended at what I'm saying. And he opened my Bible and he went like that and he goes, whoa. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> so don't try that, kids. But God knew. 
I didn't know nothing. And you know what happened? I was in church with my head, but I was far away from him in my heart. As we say, I was about 12 inches from the kingdom of God. You got to have a moment where you realize change of perspective. Then he says, I will arise and I'll go to my father's house and I will tell him. Look what it says. And I'll go to my father and I will tell him, I have sinned. This is, this is how you get saved, in case you don't know. I don't care if you've been sprinkled, rolled around, thrown into lakes, whatever you've has happened, smokes, wrong. I don't care, whatever. I don't care where you've been. You've grown up in church all your life. You've got to do these three things. The second one is repent. First one is realize. You've got to realize. Moms and dads, if you've got a son or a daughter that's not serving God. Kids, if you've got a parent who's not serving God, this is what your prayer is. Father, I pray that they will come to their senses. I pray that they will come to their senses. When I prayed over this message, I said, God, let those that are listening come to their senses. Let them realize if they're lost that they must be saved. you got to realize you're lost before you can be saved. Repentance is change of what? Change of heart. So you hate change of perspective, then a change of heart. He says, I have sinned. And I love what he says. I'm going to go back home, and I'm going to say to my mom and dad, I have sinned against you and against heaven. In other words, no excuses. God, I'm not going to say I've done this because I was raised this way. I'm this way because this happened to me when I was a kid. Because I was raised this way. I was born and raised on this side of the tracks or this happened. No, no, no. He came back and he said, I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm going to say, God, I have sinned against you. I'm guilty. No excuses. It's quiet in this Methodist church. Is this in the Bible? Is that what your book says? He's in the pig pen. And he goes, man, what's everybody making such a big deal over this pig pen? Snapping on Instagram. Hashtag mud is fun. That's what they did. I'm getting turned up. Whatever. Every generation had a saying. Right? Amen. Our brother Walter Burns can tell us about when he got saved. He tells them stories. Come out of the 60s in the clubs. Playing the bass. You ought to hear these stories. I love hearing your guys' stories, but he came to his senses. You've got to have a moment when you come to your senses. And you realize that this is mud. I, years ago, I took our kids, I'm trying to close, to acquire the fire. And Ron Luce preached it at Ford Field. They just made Ford Field. He had a boxing ring in the middle of Ford Field. They had uh, Toby Mack there doing the worship, or Delirious. But anyway, he had a boxing club and it was a boxing ring, full-size ring. He had it filled with mud, and he had some young people in it, and he was preaching on this to give a visual. You remember that, Lisa? And he talked about, and, and people were walking like they're all having fun, and they're all in this mud. And I said, man, that's so, I remember seeing it, and our kids just was like, wow. And that's what, that's what I'm trying to, that's, use your imagination. That the stuff that we're living in today, it's, it's just mud, man. It's mud out there. The, the, the world tries to make it all pretty. And I guarantee every commercial that, that's, that's doing something, advertising something that's bad for you. She's going to be hot. He's going to be handsome. And they're the funniest commercials. And they're going to say, oh, do this. You're going to look this way. I've been to the clubs. Ain't nobody look like that at some clubs. <laughs> I'm just being real. You keep drinking it, they do. And that's what they want you to do. I'm just being real. Can I be real with you today at 1130? Come on, somebody say, preach it, pastor. They think of young people, man, 
You know, if I do that, I'm going to have a car like that. I'm going to have them rims. You're 45 years old living in your mama's basement still trying to drop that CD, baby. It don't happen like that. Grow up. Come on, get a job. Put a ring on it with a girl. Been dating her 12 years and ain't said nothing about marrying her. I'm trying to help somebody. Help us. It's time to say we're going to grow up a little bit. I got to realize the way of the world is not the way of God. So I got to start going against the current a little bit. That's a paradox. Don't follow everybody. Only dead fish flow down the stream. It's time for you to be alive and start fighting against the current of the culture. I'm going to, Jesus said, those that enter heaven are not those that go by the broad gate and the wide road. It leads to destruction. Everybody is on there. You flip it through TV and you got people sitting around tables talking about what they think of God. And you go, oh, that sounds so spiritual. And they're blind guides leading millions of people into a ditch. But God said, those that believe in me are those that will strive to enter through the straight and narrow road. I'm trying to preach today at 1130. It's not popular, but it's powerful. If you would just say I'm going to enter in no matter if anybody don't go even if my mama don't go it won't hinder me even if my brother don't go if my friends don't go if nobody else goes I'm going to follow Jesus all the way through to the end come on but he said it's a straight and narrow Jesus said this straight and narrow is the way And in Matthew, he says, and difficult is the way. That's the Greek word agonoza, where we get the English word agonize. So he says, strive, Greek word gymnos, where we get the English word gymnasium. So he says, it's pressure. It's a workout. It's not going to be easy. But let me reassure you, you got somebody that's with you. It's called the Spirit of God. And he says, you can't do this on your own anyway. Just recognize and admit you're blind so I can step in and let you see. And the Holy Spirit will grab a hold of you and he'll pull you right all the way down the way. Through you may even stumble a little bit, but God said, hey, I'm with you. Get that dirt off your knees. Get back up and keep on going because you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on, somebody. Help me. Okay. Realize, he realized he was in the pig pen. Please say amen that you got it so I can go on. Amen. You got to realize it. I'm praying for him, Pastor Eddie, and they're going to church. But have they realized that they ain't saved? That's what the Pharisees' problem was. They even told Jesus, I'm descendants of Abraham. They were all in the ethnicity. We got a lot of that going around today. Who's the real original ethnicity? The Bible says we don't put no confidence in the flesh. Corinthians 10 says we don't even recognize Jesus no longer according to the flesh. But if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The real race that is original race that's going to make it into heaven is the saved race. There is no race on planet earth that is greater than another, period. I think that's good. I think that's good. In the eyes of God, you're either lost or saved. I'm just trying to help those that are kind of saved. Because you can't be. 
No longer that he can be kind of pregnant. And sooner or later, we're going to know if you got a baby in there. You can't hide it when you come in here. Oh, I just ate too much for lunch last night. That's all. Same way with the kingdom of God. Some people, when they're first saved, you really can't tell. They're not showing. <laughs> but you keep coming a river of life, you're going to start showing. Because I'm going to say, quit telling people you're pregnant if there ain't no baby. Hit that altar and get intimate with God and let him birth in you a salvation that will change your life forever. And you get so saved, you walk around, you don't got to tell nobody you're pregnant. You just say, hey, huh? Pickles, what? What? You just have these cravings and you, you can't hide it. Same way with being saved, baby. Jesus said, let that light shine. So when people will see your good works, they're going to glorify God. I'm trying to close, but I don't feel like it. Come on, somebody help me. <laughs> Yay. So I'm trying to help those that think. I'm kind of saved. Now, you, you gotta, if you really want to get saved, you got to admit you're lost. I've always been saved. That's another one. No, you ain't. It's like I said, I've always been married. No, 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 no. There is a date and a time, June 20th, 1992. Oh, it's a long time ago. Ecorse, Michigan, Don River Assembly of God, married by Pastor Reverend Dad, Paul Markham. LaDon, my best man. You were there. This little brown-eyed baby girl come down there. Ooh, look at him. That's mine. That's all mine. Get your hands off. That's all mine. Here she come. There was a time and a date when that happened. I said, I do. She said, I do. That means I do you, you do me, and we do nobody else. I'm just trying to help somebody today. Trying to help somebody today. Woo. I'm tweeting that today. Pastor Eddie on fire. Woo, hey. Somebody, hey, put a ring on it, and then you get in there with me. You know what I'm talking about. Just trying to help somebody today. Woo, woo. Is it getting hot in here? Got to realize, better recognize. Tell somebody, you better recognize. Or recognize you are either saved or you're not saved. That's what I'm saying. And if you ain't, then you got to repent. Change of heart. Change of mind. Lastly, put it up there. Then he returned and went back to his father's house. Change of direction. If you've realized you've been in the pig pen, and if you've really repented of your sin, to complete the transaction... Of him taking away your sins and you receiving Jesus. You got to get up out of that pig pen. And return home. It ain't complete unless that happens. You know how many times I sat in jail. God if you get me out of this one. I'm repenting in jail. If you get me out of this one I'm going to serve you. He got me out of it and I didn't go nowhere. What did I do? I just rolling over in my pig pen. Get me out of this one God. The father's still at the house. All this happened in the pig pen. Sometimes the best thing that can happen is for us to hit rock bottom in the pig pen. Because that's when you really will become blind. One of the hardest things in the world, Jesus come to get those that are lost, saved. But what was so hard is to get the saved lost. You're talking about being saved, Pastor Eddie. I was raised 
Mom, what were we raised? Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I don't care. Do you know Jesus? Do you wake up in the morning with Jesus on your mind? Do you, are you connected with him throughout the day? Do you go to bed with Jesus on your mind? Is your heart surrendered to him? Do you know him? Because he said on that day, many's going to come before me and say, I've been to church. I've done this in church. I was over this committee, that committee, this ministry, and that ministry. And Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. You never came to the house, baby. You never came to the house. I don't know you. Hear me today. I'm trying my best to get us to say, hey. I know this ain't a feel-good message, but man, It'll change your life forever. Come on, stand with me. I got to shut it down. I got to shut it down. You got to return home. You got to return home. Why, Pastor Eddie? Because look at the last message. Look what his daddy said. His daddy said, because my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he was found. What do you mean, Daddy? He wasn't dead. He's out getting turned up every night. He's got bank accounts. He's got money coming in. Everybody wants to be like him, but yet you call him dead? Because as long as we're not in the Father's house, we are spiritually dead. It's another paradox. <sighs> My son was lost, but now he's found. We're going into Easter season. That's why I'm preaching salvation, but I love preaching it all the time. People's coming in here. Bring your friends. We're going to do this every Sunday. People's going to get saved. I love seeing people getting saved. That's what church is supposed to do. If you get right with God today, ain't nobody going to laugh at you. Does anybody laugh at you when you go to the restaurant and eat? No, because you're supposed to do that at a restaurant. Well, guess what? You're supposed to get right with God at church. So I want us to get right with God today. I want some of us to come up out of the mud. Get that mud off. Take the mud boots off. You ain't going back anyway. Come back to the Father's house. And I love what the Bible says the Father was looking. Before the Son got home, the Bible says the Father was looking every day. Every day. He's going, please, is this today? Oh, I see. They're checking in at River of Life. They're at church today. Oh, let this be the day that they finally open their hearts to pastor and they finally surrender. Oh, let it be the day. Let it be the day they're watching that Christian television. They're listening to that podcast. They've listened to several. They got favorites. They like it. They even share it. But it's not in their heart yet. Let today be the day that it finally gets down in their heart. That's what he's doing. Mama says he looked out. He saw him coming. He said, boys. Go get my best calf and bring it out because we're about to get turned up for real. Go get me the robe so I can put it around his back and a ring which stands for covenant. And put, get rid of them old muddy boots and put sandals on his feet. Because my son who was dead is now alive. He that was lost, he's now found. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Father, said a lot of word today. A lot of word has went out. Father, those that are here have heard what they needed to hear. Now God is decision time. And I right now just pray, Holy Spirit, you just compel your people. They come. 
that, Lord, that they would come. I'm going to open up these altars. And I'm going to say, if you need prayer, these altars are open. I want you to come down and come to these altars. We're going to sing one more song. The altar workers are just standing by. I want people to come first. So people come if you need prayer. If you need to get right with God, you need to come out of the pig pen. If you need prayer on anything, I want you to come as we sing this one song. Come, find you a place to pray. Find you a place to get with God. I know it's Sunday morning, but it's okay. This is what we do at church. If you need to get some prayer today, I want you to come up. Come on, come on. Come out of these seats as we're going to sing one more song. And then I'm going to have our prayer team come pray with you. But I want you to come as we sing. Come on. Come on. These altars are open. Come, come, come. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.